time to down your unders. Down your unders. The Frontline Gaming Network brings to you Art of War. Down Under. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode 27 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. We are back. I'm back doing what we're supposed to be doing, reviewing stuff, because there's stuff to review, and it's nice. I'm joined by the intrepid, the wonderful, the amazing Don Hooson. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. So we are here to review the Death Guard Codex, and this is going to be a little bit different to what we usually do. Like, pre the last couple of months, uh, we used to do, like, two or three hours of an episode reviewing something and then, you know, punch out our thoughts about it afterwards. Now that uh, G-Dub's release schedule has slowed down somewhat and become somewhat more manageable, and I have had a chance to realize that recording for three to four hours per episode is not that sustainable. <laughs> These things are going to be breaking up somewhat. So we're probably going to be reviewing everything in the Death Guard Codex up to the stratagems in this one, and then the next part, which will be next week, will be for the stratagems all the way through all of those, and then all the unit choices and Mortarian and all the you know new HQs and things like this, and how things have changed. So you can expect the second part of this one is actually going to be a very unique episode that I did. Um, if you for for those who don't know, Art of War Down Under podcast is a two part podcast. The first one being available for general consumption on the Frontline Gaming Network, but both this and the second half are available over a week early for the patrons and members who purchased it off the Art of War Down Under sorry Art of War Forty K dot com. Um, website and so that part two of this one is actually going to be a very interesting set of interviews rolling interviews i did whilst i stayed in a house with a bunch of gentlemen who were playing in an, uh, a major in australia called uprising now i was lucky enough to be sharing the house with matt morisoli who came first Stu trainer who came third jerry marigold who's an amazing player and uh dean sinbeck who runs uh, blog for the blood guard blood god and so I didn't know at the start that those three were going to, that two of those guys were going to end up at one and third on the podium. So it's interesting to see the progression of those and how they're talking about their games and how they're doing after each one um, and after each day. So if you're all interested in that, please jump over, give us a sub on Patreon, or please purchase that from the Art of War website. But Don, you are you are literally, when people think, there's usually somebody or a few people synonymous with each, each faction. And when this one was coming out, there was no one else who I thought I could do this with. But uh, how excited and how pumped were you for this specific release? So I was extremely excited when it was supposed to come out in December. Extremely sad <laughs> yeah. when Blood Angels <laughs> came out. And Death Guard were like, by the end of the month, it will be out. By the end of the yeah. year. Then the end of the year came, they're like, sometime early next year i was like all right eventually but uh everything that i've been hearing about the death guard codex leading up to it just made me just want it so incredibly bad Mm because like the two wounds on your dudes the three wounds on terminators like all the things that we had been asking for as a faction just were at you know at the gates just we couldn't get to them because they kept moving the gates like yes come here (laughs) it was really it was really rough i had a couple of friends and i was like you had a very specific time when it was going to come out and then it didn't come out then and they gave you a very vague time when it was going to come out so like wow we actually even getting a book like what's going on g-dub but yeah Yeah. luckily it's here and man my first impressions are pretty pretty good but what, what are your thoughts mate you're the expert so one of the first things that you'll notice about this book is it has a whole lot of power behind it in order to unlock all that power you need about 60 or 70 cp so you're never going to have all the things you can do <laughs> mm. because it, it is a lot of its powers in its strategies it has a whole lot of really really yeah. good base units but they're kind of just good until you start throwing 
the layered stratagems on like you can easily blow 12 cp on one plague marine squad in one phase it's that ridiculous yeah wow so it people were really afraid that um Chaos might lose some of their flavor, which was a lot of the time in their combos, because they thought when you know you could no longer soup or you're incentivized not to soup things, um, you lose all the, the layered buffs and all these things. And it's really cool to see that with this, you still have that. It feels like you've got that level of depth, you've got the level of interest still within a, a single faction now. But for those uh, following along at home, we're going to be starting off with the data sheets um, special rules. And I'll reel off as our first one, and then me and uh, me and Dom will go tit for tat through these ones. So the first one is plague weapons, and th- I realize I'm doing this one because it doesn't need to be explained much. <laughs> I'll leave the more touchy stuff to Don if at all we can. Real wants to win if it's a plague weapon. Nothing's changed there. We can essentially move on. But this is actually still really good. It, 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 luckily, I'm happy they didn't lose it. Oh, definitely. And it still has all the synergies that you could have before. So just keep that in mm-hmm. mind. It's a great, great rule. Yeah, well, take it away. What's the next one? So the next one is Remorseless, which is basically and they shall know no fear for Space Marines. You are immune to attrition modifiers. Yeah, it's pretty good. So that means even when you're below half strength, you you'd still only ones, yeah? Yes. Yeah, and that's good. There I mean, are armies that do also modify your attrition. Mm-hmm. Death Guard is one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is actually it's it's so much better. I feel like it's so much better on Death Guard than it is for Marines. Like Marines one intercessor runs away and I feel like one Blight Lord Terminator running away. There's nothing for Space Marines that's going to run away. That's equivalent of something that's as important to the way your army works as like a Blight Lord. And my god, would that feel so bad? It's like a custode guard running away. It's like, "Oh, that hurts." So, I'm really happy to see this. Um, Melissa's volleys is the next one. So this is the amalgamation of um, the bolt discipline that Space Marines got. Hasn't really changed my mind. So that's uh, uh, the model's target is in half range. Um, the shooting model is infantry and has remained stationary, or the shooting model is a Terminator. So I noticed that bikes got removed from this. Uh, so it was never part of this for the Death Guard because Death Guard don't have bikes. Uh, of course, there you go. Well, already learning. You ma- you're making your bucks here, Don. Yep. <laughs> uh, I do have bikes on the shelf that are death guard but that's from seventh <laughs> yeah well i know mates who've got actually quite large black contingents of their death guard army that yeah they just don't get to use now but here's the contentious one all yep. yours mate you can you can have the controversy so discussing resilience is each time a model has a wound allocated to a model in that unit you subtract one from the damage characteristic of that attack to a minimum of one which by and large is a buff when especially when you consider all the other things that are add on to it a one wound plague marine with feel no pain, unless it becomes a three damage weapon, is nowhere near as survivable as a two wound plague marine with minus one damage. I agree. A lot has been a lot has been made of this change. A lot of people have made a huge hubbub about this being worse, this being better. I think it's just different enough that it's it's just as good as, as a rule for rule, like a minus one damage and five plus feel no pain. That that to my the, to my mind they're quite comparable. I think the five plus pain is a little bit better. But when you take in the context of everything else you got. I think it's fine. Like, I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah, definitely. And you start looking at all these weapons that are going from D3 damage to 2 damage, or mm. even just 1 damage to 2 damage that are just happening like heavy bolters. And your ability to just make that 1 damage is amazing. Yeah, agree. I think of armies that are relevant in the meta at the moment, people wielding Repentia judiciously, people using uh, White Scars or Blade Guard, all these things that leverages extra damage modifier to become super relevant or super potent. And this is just a blanket like debuff to them. Uh, I think it's really exciting. Yep, it is just for them to frustrate many opponents that are not used to it. Mm, exactly right. Uh, all right, jumping over to the detachment abilities. So, the first one I'll, I'll do diseased minions. Um, 
First dot point, you cannot include more plague follower units than bubonic Astartes core infantry units in each death guard detachment in your army. And the second dot point is you cannot include more pox walkers than bubonic core infantry units in each death guard detachment. Can you break that down? What is that what is that what's the TLDR there? Alright, so the TLDR there is for each bubonic Astartes infantry core unit, which is your plague marines possessed and your terminator squads. Not not terminator characters, but terminator squads. For each one of those. You can have one Poxwalker unit and yep. up to one Cultist unit. Basically, it looks like they do not want you to, you know, run the Cultist horde or the Poxwalker horde. And Poxwalkers, oh my god, they're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I think Poxwalkers are like incredible out of this. Uh, but we'll get to that more as we get to it. Um, this is an interesting change. I suppose this is the. We'll jump over to the next one, and we'll talk about these two together. But what's the the next one? The kind of the counterpoint to this. Um. So we have Infernal Jealousy, if that's what you're talking about. Yeah. So this one, it's weird. It has two bullet points, which I think that they mistyped one part of it. But <laughs> and of course, the part of the thing they mistyped makes it even worse for most people's builds. But it's um, basically they're both the same thing. You can include a maximum of one Lord of the Death Guard or Demon Prince there, because Demon Princes are Lords of the Death Guard. Yeah. For each Death Guard attachment in the army. So I mean, David. Death Guard Demon Princes were one of the best things in that book before they got like three different layers of either debuffs or mounting price hikes. At 210 points now, they're a pretty, they're a bit unpalatable for some people's taste. But um, the, you can only take one per detachment now. You can only take one Lord of Death Guard per detachment. I suppose that's equivalent of ta- of like what Space Marines got at least. You know, kind of yeah, one, de- one captain. captain change. Yeah. And yeah, of course, I'm I'm always hoping that uh, it'll make it one Demon Prince per army. But that's just me being a fluff bunny. Yeah, I just love that you're like renowned as one of the best demon like Death Guard players in the world, and you're like, nah, restrict me harder, <laughs> don't <Yeah>. stop there. <laughs> um, but these, but these two together, um, what do you think they do? Do you think they hamper or enhance uh, a Death Guard player's experience? So I do think that it definitely helps out the fluff because you're never ever going to see a fluff thing except for maybe the Alpha Legion, where no one knows who the actual Lord is. Um, yep. where two lords will share the same detachment in army. Yes, the two lords might work together, but they're not going to share their toys. They're going to say, work with me, help us kill this thing. Not, all right, you can use these guys now. You can use these guys now. It's, it's That's never going to happen in Chaos Army. They will kill each other before that happens. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, I like how it represents the internal rivalries like within a Death Guard very well. But jumping over to the next one, Photid Virion, if I'm pronouncing that right. I think I think I am. Uh, you you can include up to three Photid Virion units in a Death Guard detachment while only taking up one Elite's Battlefield role slot. Each of these units must be from a different data sheet. Is that the That's the uh, swathe of Elite char- characters in the Elite slot we have, yeah? So EG, in, in the Space Marines, it would be your Apothecary, your Ancient, and your Champion, things like that. And there's a Death Guard equivalent for most of those, isn't there? There is. And in addition to a couple extra ones, but uh, yeah, they're they're all your elite characters. You know, Five Light Spawn, Noxious Bitebringer, Plague Surgeon, Biologist, Putrefire, and um, Tallyman. Yeah, it's um, that's a that's a nice little one there. It's means you're much more likely to see single detachments. I mean, I'm I know playing Space Marines, I a lot of the time will take a second detachment just to open up more elite slots because the elite slots for Dark Angels is so dense um but having like having three in one actually is, is very elegant and i think it's a very good change that they've done there it has a lot yeah. more flavor to people's lists and yeah um, it's one of those things that everyone was looking at it initially when it went down to you know the one attachment is free and then everything else where the elite slots and death guard army are the most 
contested of all the things is that's where your terminators are that's where all your characters are that's where like you know contemptors are things like that mm-hmm. so it was just you can never have enough elite slots and now that they've made it so that you can basically have two effectively two free ones for characters as long as they're different than the other guy in this the same thing it's really helpful yeah it's i think i think it's really good feel free to jump into the next one mate all right so we have an extra roll advance and this was another thing that became uh, highly contested. It used to be that you can mm. you know, rapid fire at 18 inches, which yeah. was a plasma gun thing. But now it is, so long as you have not fallen back or advanced in the previous movement phase, you count as remaining stationary, which helps mm. out with ultra discipline and yeah. with heavy weapons like uh, Reaper auto cannons, things like that. Uh, in addition to this, if a unit with a vehicle keyword uh, has this, it does not suffer the penalty to its hit rolls when firing heavy weapons while it is within engagement range. So your predators are still hitting on threes. Your uh, see, rhinos don't really have had any heavy weapons they want to shoot into close combat because playbreath crawlers with class. um with entropy cannons on playbreath crawlers and also malignant playcasters as well will not work unfortunately because oh, really? those guys do not have an extra bull advance. They are not bubonic oh, stars. How interesting. Okay, well, fair enough. Is what it is. Yeah, and we'll get back to that because that's the uh, the Battleforge bonuses. But um, then, if a infantry keyword has this, uh, inf- ah, sorry, inexorable advance, it ignores any and all modifiers to movement characteristic advance rolls and charge rolls. Which that is the seller right there. So your mm. plague marines, your terminators, your characters yeah. of all sorts, except for the demon prince, they're just inexorable they just keep going you cannot stop them you tangle for them they just break through and keep going you restrain them they keep going i'm a huge fan of this i think this is uh quietly um one of the underlying power huge power boosts to to death guard um the the fact that they have a lot of jank and then they like turn off a lot of your jank um is i think is phenomenally powerful uh especially dude especially the um the, the things like tanglefoot um people making crafty use of craters and, and forests really don't make any difference anymore yeah yeah so that's just, it's really good <clears throat> yeah really good all right jumping down to um plague companies so the first of these is the harbingers oh i'm gonna wrap up all these at the same time and then we'll talk about the harbingers as a whole but um and then i'll get you the next one done but no. first one one cp Oh, did Rough. you want to do that, or did you want to talk about the actual Battle Forged bonuses? Because that tells you who gets each of those things. Shabangabang, yeah, sure. I, I I read through that and didn't think I missed anything, but yeah, tell yeah. me about it. All right, so the Battle Forged bonus for having an, a detachment of Death Guard. So Death Guard gained the Disease, Minions, Infernal, Jealousy, Fed, uh, Variant Abilities, which are the limitations on Poxwalkers, Demon Princes, Lords of Decay, and um, the character bonuses. Bubonica Stardes which is a keyword. So not everything in the army has it. But Bubonica okay. starts units within Death Guard detachments gain an extra roll advance, which is that set of rules I just said to everyone. And yeah. then Plague Marines and Poxwalkers in Death Guard detachments gain objective secured, which means cultists lost. Mm, okay. Yeah, that, that's an interesting set of restrictions and buffs there. Uh, the interesting one, yeah, is the Bubionic Astartes things. It's the fact that you're saying there are, there are quite a few... Um, core well not not core keyword but core to death guard units that don't get that which i think is quite an interesting choice by j-dub we might break that down a little bit when we get to the unit choices for what does have and what doesn't have but uh those all seem to make sense to me with the exception of that one yeah yep awesome all right well then i will unlock and launch into the harbingers 
Heartbringers, whatever. Uh, Wrathful Dead, one CP is their stratagem. You just stratagem in the fight phase when a Heartbringers prox walker unit is selected to fight until the end of the phase. Each time a model in that unit makes an attack, you can re-roll the hit. So just one CP for rerolls to hit is actually pretty spicy when we break down a couple of the other things you can do on it. Um, oh, their their of trait, Shamble Rot, uh, it's a contagion ability. Uh, while an enemy unit, excluding vehicle units, is within contagion range of this unit, at the start of your opponent's movement phase, roll 1d6, subtracting one if the enemy unit is a character. On a 4+, plus, they suffer mortal wounds. And on a 6, they suffer d3 mortal wounds. And lastly is the Relic. Uh, Harping a model only, this once per battle, at the end of your movement phase, you select one objective marker within three of the bearer. While the bearer is on the battlefield, that objective marker has the contagion of Nurgle ability and is considered to have all the same contagion abilities as the bearer. That's pretty cool. I mean, I, I can't, I can't say I'm crazy about the warlord trait, um, but I, I like the strat and I very much like the relic. I think the relic is a nice little bit of jank. But what are your thoughts, dude? So the warlord trait is interesting, especially if you start doing things like um, using like the terrain pieces or anything at all that moves fast, because of a later strategy that you'll be able to do to, with it. But it's at the start of your opponent's movement phase, everything within Contagion range, which is normally 9, it can go to 12 with the Psychic Power, or yep. with uh, Lord Contagion. It um, it just goes, take mortal wounds to everyone. Take mortal wounds yeah. to everyone on, you know, 4-up. But it's still, it hits a lot of things when you start going, you know, well, this is 9 inches now, or this is 12 inches, in a radius yeah. around the base that you have, so it's 2 feet out. Yeah, it's actually it actually is quite big when it gets to twelve inches on something like a a forty or a fifty mil base. It really does start to affect well a quarter of the board essentially. Yes, and nice. things just die slowly. Hmm. What do you make of that relic? That relic it seems pretty deep. It seems like you can really mess with your opponent through through clever use of it. So, oddly enough, the the best part of that relic is for one of the uh, what is it the secondaries that you can take. Yep, that is what I think the best thing is for it to just make a objective have a contagion for the rest of the game yeah but um yeah this one it'll gain probably shamrock because you're gonna probably have yeah. your world with shamrock take it so that it gets both of those but then having a you know three four or sorry three six or nine or yeah three six or nine inch bubble of minus one toughness and mortal wound spam is nothing to joke about it's, mm. it's actually quite a fair bit the only downside is it's a place that you ha- your world has to walk up to, toss down his thing, and then you're probably going to have him leave that area. And yeah. most warlords are not that fast. Yes, that's true. Uh, I do like the idea of having a like a demon prince with some relics that we might talk about later. That's very hard to kill. Hanging it, hanging out in like a midfield objective, and with Shamblerot and on an objective that has Shamblerot as well, and so you're double pulsing out. That seems pretty cute to me. Definitely. Uh, Mm. So, uh, you, you want to go through the inexorable? You want to go through the next one? Uh, sure. This is actually my uh, my favorite play company, by the way. Oof. Well, so, that well. <laughs> so, uh, for one CP, Ferric Miasma, uh, uses stratagem when an opponent charges a unit of yours with the inexorable uh, unit keyword from your army. And until the end of that phase, subtract two from charge rolls made against that unit to a minimum of one for the rest of the phase. It's yikes. So yikes. It really is. I mean, you've been frustrated with 90 to charge that of your strike. Why not 11? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can, you know, you could string it, it, you could string out a larger unit in front of the, the front of your army, knowing that that's where your opponent has to charge. And then for one CP, just minus two against the whole line. I think it's very, it's a very powerful one, one CP strat used, used appropriately. Yep. Uh, then we have my favorite wallet trait amongst all these, just because it increases your damage tremendously, is a ferric blight. 
While enemy units are within contagion range of this unit, each time an attack is made by a friendly next world unit against that enemy unit, improve the AP of that characteristic uh, of the attack by one. Which even wow. makes your vultures turn into bolt rifles, and your yeah. plague hives turn into AP2 stabbies. Um, so it, it's not range, it's not melee, it's not restricted, it's just everybody yeah, it's within the contagion range of this dude. It's actually, that's actually really potent. Yeah, you think about how cool. So you can yeah. do it with your, you know, predators, you can do it with hellblades, you can do it with, uh, yeah, pretty much well, everything. Even your characters yeah. get it. It's pretty sp- I remember I remember back in the day when um Storm of Fire was was quite good for Marines. Yeah. Um this is just like Storm of Fire only went off on sixes and it was good enough to take back then. This one's just like all the time, nonstop, never gonna yeah, every, yeah, this every one is hit. Effectively yeah, really full good. combat doctrines for everything that attacks a unit close to this guy. It's a it's a really good man. I like it a lot. What's the relic? Alright, so the relic, this one I think is a little more um situational. It's so an extra model only. Each time that model slays an enemy model in the fight phase, uh, select a friendly inexorable vehicle within 18 inches. That model is mm-hmm. healed for one wound, two maximum of three wounds per phase. There you go. What are your thoughts here? Do you like it? So it's good. I don't know if it's good enough to take over the other awesome relics in the book. Yeah, it's not setting me on fire. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not bad, though. Yep. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it's, it's good, but I don't know if it's one of those auto-takes, I have to take this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no fair. I'll let's. Uh, so I, I put those other two though. That strat and that uh, wall of trait, I think, are phenomenal. I think that they're both game winning things you can they do. They are. Mm, they really are. Like you know, someone comes in with a, a sang bomb from reserve that's going to end the game, and you ferric my room and bang, don't, they don't make the eleven or the, the ten with their plus one. And yeah, game cha- so so many game changing opportunities there. All right, jumping down to Mortarian's anvil. So. Relaptic Assault? Fair enough. Uh, use this stratagem... So this is one CP, sorry. Use this stratagem in your opponent's charge phase when an enemy unit finishes a charge move. Select the number of Mortarian's Anvil units from your army within three of that enemy unit. Until the end of the phase, the selected units are eligible to form heroic interventions as if they were characters. So up to three. Up to three units. Usually you'd pay one CP for one no, unit no. to do this. It's not up to three units. It's as many units as you want, but it's up to three oh, inches. That, that are within three inches. Yeah, yeah. So it, it does require... A, I mean. Just when you're going to use this, and it's going to be on one unit because most yeah, of your opponents, as soon as they realize you have this, are not going to give you the opportunity to have ten units jump on them. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, it's 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 really really good because it helps mm. to protect your objectives. Like you have your unit of blight lords or death shroud on an objective, and they're like, "I'm going to obsec that off you," and then you're like, "Well, I'm just going to walk into you and kill you now." Just, yeah, we're all just going to pile in and kill you. I, I like that a lot. Um, the wall of trait is um, gloaming bloat. A lot have been made for this of this one, and for the right reasons. Um, it's a contagion ability, so enemy units cannot fire Overwatch or set to defend. Already really good. Each time a model in the in the that enemy unit makes an attack, the hit roll and the wound roll cannot be re-rolled. Phenomenally powerful. Phenomenally powerful. Uh, yeah. the, that that combination. Any if that was cut in half, and those were two different ones, so two different things. And either one of them would still be pretty, you know, pretty good for, to take. But the fact that they're together is actually mind blowing. Yep, and I think this is one you're going to see most commonly on Mortarian. It helps keep yeah, him around, sure. and he's fast mm. enough he can apply it. And his base is big enough that he just gives everybody the debuff. Um, the relic is uh, Warp Insective. Mortarian's Anvil model only. Each time the bearer makes a melee attack, you can reroll the hit roll, and you can reroll the wound roll. That's pretty 
pretty good, really, isn't it? It's just a relic to real hits and wounds on the character. Jeez, yep. okay, that's pretty yeah, simple. That makes, that makes the characters just absolutely scary, especially because a lot of the characters now have minus one to hit weapons. Mm. The, the killy characters. Yeah, it's it, of course, thank God it's melee attacks. So you won't see this on a blight spawn or anything, but uh, it's still good enough that you're probably going to see it. Yep. All right, so let me have... Uh, oh, sorry. I think well. So, what were your thoughts on Morty's Anvil as a whole? I think, like you already said, the Inexorable is your favorite yep. package. But so here, I, this, mm. yeah. And so, the Mortarian's Anvil is also a very, very good one, primarily because of your ability to stop people from stealing your objectives. Yeah, the Stratagem is the game winner for it. The World Trait, like I said, Mortarian's always going to take it. Um, so that's one of the reasons that I wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards this one because Mortarian's yeah. going to take it for free. And that contagion doesn't require the rest of your army to be Mortarian's handbill. Yeah, exactly right. Okay, hit the next one, brother. All right, so the Wretched, another one of my very, very liked ones. This is probably my number two because the contagion is ridiculous. But let's get on with the stratagem first. So seven full blessings, one CP. You pick a uh, Wretched Psyker from your army, and this is once per game. That model knows an additional psychic power, and once per psychic phase can reroll psychic tests taken for that model. Once per psychic phase, so you can you you know additional power, and you, every every phase you can reroll one of your fails, I guess. Yep, you become you one can... of those super psychers like Tig or Tigerius, or uh, you know those guys because they just get to reroll their favorite discipline. So this lets you do it for one CP for the whole game. It's very, it's very good. It's like a one CP chief apothecary, e.g., what a chief? Sorry, chief librarian, e.g., what they were in the psychic awakening. You're not paying points for it like you are now. Uh, I think this is quite good if you're going for a, like a, a psychic heavy army, and some of the psychic powers are pretty damn, pretty damn juicy. Um, yeah, I like quite a lot. But what's the rest? All right, so let me have their uh, Warlord trait, which mm -hmm. is the Eater Plague, a contagion ability as well. So while an enemy unit is within contagion range of this unit, each time an attack is made by a friendly wretched model against that enemy unit, unmodified hit rolls of six automatically wound the target. This includes range, close combat, you know everything. So you have all. You just basically try to fill this army out with as many attacks as you can get because six is happen. Oof. On top of that, you, feel, uh, you you look to combo this with, say, maybe Arch Contaminator and a bunch of Plague Weapons, and then just try and hunt sixes because you can reroll all your... all your... Oh, sorry, it's unmodified hit yeah, rolls. This one's hit rolls. It's so a hit roll. It's even better Whoa. than Arch Contaminator. It is. I was just like, yeah, cool. It's, it's There's very few of these things that go off on a hit, well, on a, on a hit roll. Um, yeah. Really nice. And, yeah, like I said, it's... Not restricted to core, it's not restricted to melee, not restricted to range. So everything in your army, as long as it's hitting something within that contagion range, is going to just wound on sixes to hit. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan. All right, and then we have the Relic, which I love this Relic, because Malignant Playcaster's got a giant buff, and this makes them even better. So this one is Wretched Malignant Playcaster only. The bear has uh, the bear's Pestilent Fallout ability, which I'm just going to run through that real quick, is when you roll a 7 or higher on the uh, cast or psychic test, you inflict one mortal wound on the nearest enemy unit within 12 inches. So this one is, whenever you roll a 7 or more on the psychic test, the nearest enemy unit within 12 inches suffers D3 mortal wounds. Otherwise, mm -hmm. the closest enemy unit uh, within 6 inches suffers one mortal wound. So it's just, as long as you get the cast off, you're just inflicting mortal wounds to whatever's nearby. Yeah. It's, yeah, not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. It's another one of those um, kind of pulsy uh, debuffy ones that uh, I think can go a long way in the right hands. Do you, do you think? What do you think of the Wretched overall? So the Wretched, I think, is actually one of the stronger play companies, just due to the fact mm -hmm. that it um, it allows your casters to be far more efficient at what they do with the you know stratagem. Uh, it makes your army just 
make your opponent roll saves like crazy because yeah. you're just going to be making them get in that contagion range and just wounding the crap out of them by rolling six to hit. I mean, on, on average, most of our stuff hits on threes. So a quarter of your attacks that hit are just wounding. Like mm. 100% efficiency yeah. a quarter of the time. I like it that it has um it has uh, buffs in two different phases. Like you get a you get an enhanced psychic phase, which does more more one like more mortal wounds, but you also get an enhanced shooting phase on top. And and sorry, and fight phase. So like actually it's threefold buffs. Um it's sevenfold it's threefold blessings, not sevenfold blessings, because three phases of the game you just get a straight up increase in goodness. Uh, I am quite I'm quite a big fan. I think they're good. Um, we'll jump over. I'll do the Poxmongers. So this one, I think, was the best one from the Psychic Awakening. Um, but we'll jump in and see what they, if they've held up. So one CP, Bilolius, Bilolius, whatever, Blood Rush. Uh, you discharge him in your shooting phase when a Poxmarker's Demon Engine unit from your army is selected to shoot. To the end of the phase, models in that unit can make attacks with blast weapons against units within engagement range of their unit, which you normally wouldn't be able to. And then other dot point, each time a ranged attack is made by a model in that unit against an enemy unit that is within engagement range of that unit, add one to that attack's hit roll. So you not only do you not get the minus one to hit and you can't shoot your blast weapons, you can shoot your blast weapons and everything's plus one to hit. Um, the Waller trait, uh, Sengorius, who's a flux, um, it's a contagion, of course. Subtract one from the leadership characteristics of models in the enemy unit. Subtract one from combat attrition tests for the, uh, that enemy unit. So you foreshadowed this for, before for us. Uh, but lastly, the relic, which was the best relic from the Psychic Awakening, and literally why people took Poxmongers, used to be a um, an aura of 4-plus invulnerable save, which was incredibly powerful. But now it is uh, Poxmongers model only. Has but The bearer has the following ability. Uh, Iron Clot Furnace, I think the same name as it was. In your command phase, you can select one friendly Poxmogger's Demon Engine unit within six of the bearer to the end of the start of your command phase. That unit has a 4-plus invulnerable safe. What do you make of this package now, dude? All right, so this is still really good, especially if you're running Demon Engine Heavy. So, with especially with that uh, stratagem right there that gives them plus one to hit, none of the Demon Engines have uh, Bubonic Astartes, so they don't have an extra advance. So this effectively yeah. gets you the inexorable advance back. Mm. Um so you're going to be back to hitting on threes or, you know, whatever you're degraded to if you're a defiler or a play scrawler. But, um, yeah, otherwise, you know, you're shooting your blast weapons into close combat, which most of the time, the way that you would stop a play scrawler from being useful is you throw mm. a bunch of worthless bodies into it. Yeah. And now it's going to be like, well, take six mortar shots to the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah or, true. I, like, even the defiler, that his gun is ridiculous now. But, uh, yeah, just take defiler cannon to the face. It's so it's, good. Well, I was about to say that a filer gets really, really potent out of this because, um, well, it, it, firstly, yeah, it shoots the battle cannon into combat and it's a plus one to hit with it. Um, but the thing, the issue is, like, I'd, be, I'd play against defilers with guardsmen and I would just put 20 guardsmen into the damn thing and, and try and forget about it for a, a turn or two. But now it's just going to shoot itself out and then charge off in the same turn. Um, yes. Which is actually kind of, kind of terrifying and totally flips that play on its head. I think, yeah, I think if you're, de- if you're demon engine heavy, this thing is still the go to easily. Yep. Um, the Wall of Tree Contagion, I would. It's really, really situational because mm-hmm. now we have two codexes that ignore half of it, which is yeah. the uh, Commentrition modifier. So I do think that that's another one that, if you were to take it, it'd probably be something given Mortarian in specific matchups that you're relying on attrition stacking, which yeah. they can do a whole lot of. Exactly right. All right, second last one. All right, so second last one, we have the Ferryman, which uh, they are another pretty good company, but... Um, you're probably not going to see people take them themselves. You'll probably see just the Wola trait. So let's go on to the strategy <laughs> on Droning Wings. So use the strategy in the command phase. Select one Ferryman Fetid Virion unit, which is the uh, elite characters. 
Then select one of those models or abilities. Until the start of the next command phase, add 6 inches to the range of the model's selected or ability to a maximum of 12 inches. Fair. So that's only usable. That's only really good up until... Oh, so we'll get to that later. But it's only really good up to a certain, a certain turn in the game, isn't it? Uh, so no, this is not Contagions. This is uh, their own aura abilities. One oh, thing to okay. note about Contagions is that Contagions are not aura abilities. They just act yeah. like them. They're their own thing. So, yeah. Um, next off, we have the droning, which is the wallet trait that when it was previewed, I said this is broken. Mm. I don't know how it got through because mm. in certain matchups, it is going to win you the game immediately, which is when enemy units are within the contagion range of this unit at the start of the opponent's movement phase. Uh, then you half the unit's movement characteristic until the end of the phase, which becomes really interesting when you start stacking it with things like uh, difficult terrain, where oh. you can walk into like a squad of um, anything that moves six hmm. that doesn't fly or ignore terrain on its own, and they literally cannot fall back from him because you have, yes. then you subtract, which half of six is three, subtract two is one, that's n- one is not greater than one. One is one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because you have to be more than an inch away to be outside of engagement range. So yep. literally as long as as long as you base them, they cannot fall back. I do think this is I think this is too good. I think especially on a guy like Mortarian really whose base is when, so yeah, big. It takes up a quarter of the battlefield, effectively. Uh, this this buff, especially if you start giving him gift of plagues, which mm. we'll talk about that later. And usually a lot of these abilities have caveats like they don't work on vehicles or they don't work on fly or all these things. This thing has no caveats. So, you know, I feel like this hurts really badly the the armies that skew heavily into being mobile and not durable, things like Drakari, things like Harlequins. They try and run around you, surround you, nibble at the ends, and now they just can't. They just can't outmaneuver you. Like, their whole, yeah, they're, they're paying so many points for the speed, they just don't okay. get it anymore. Incredible. Yeah. All right, and then we have the Relic, which is the Ferryman Scythe. So it's a Ferryman model equipped with a man reaper only so that's going to be your lord of contagion or a death shroud terminator uh i don't think you can get it though uh yeah i don't think this is one of the ones that death shroud terminator captain chap champion can get just the yeah. to lord contagion yeah. um so this replaces his normal scythe it's either the cleave attack which is the the big one which is unchanged so that's plus three strength ap3 two damage minus one to hit uh plague weapon or the Scythe attack, which is the part that this actually does upgrade, which is the plus one strength, minus one AP, one damage. But instead of making the two attacks you normally would, you make three attack rolls for each actual attack the guy has. Not terrible, is it? But I think you've got better sources of, like, uh, you definitely do. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, and, and a lot of the other relics we've seen so far are actually just straight up better than this one. Um, but, you know, if, if you're taking the Ferryman, maybe it's one, maybe something you drop a CP on. If you know you're in a horde meta, yep. All right, uh, but yeah, dude, the, that that waller trait is redonkulous. <laughs> uh, jumping over to Mortarian's chosen sons, uh, one CP plague brewers. Use a stratagem in your shooting phase when a Mortarian's chosen son unit from your army is selected to shoot to the end of that phase. Plague belches, plague spurt gauntlets, and plague spewer models that are equipped with them have a damage characteristic of two instead of one. So that is. The, that's the that's the flamer gauntlet on the um, Death Shroud. So the uh, Plague Spirit gauntlets are the flamer pistols that Death Shroud have. The yep. Plague Belchers are the Plague Flamer that uh, Plague Marines have. And then the Plague Spewers are the Plague Heavy Flamer that Plague Marines and Death Shroud, or uh, sorry, Blight Lords have. Uh, okay. And none of these are on vehicles, are they? I thought you could. Uh, no. Um, yeah, yeah. I couldn't the, remember what the other. 
uh, Demon Prince of Nurgle, if it does not have wings and has a sword, can also take a Plague Spear. Cool. That's not too bad. Um, the Waller trait, uh, Nurgle's Fruit, uh, is a Contagion ability. While an enemy unit is within contagion range of this unit, each time an attack is made by a friendly Mortarian's chosen son's model against that unit, the attack does not receive the benefit. So the unit does not receive the benefits of cover for the attack. And notice it says benefits of cover. It doesn't say bonus, bonus to your armor save. So this ignores the minus one. So in, in, in you know, used appropriate, this can be plus one to hit, which can be quite potent. But I can't see it winning out against a couple of the other ones we've read out. Um, yeah. And the relic is uh, Vormatrix. It's a model equipped with a plague sprayer only. So essentially, that is the malignant plague. Uh, uh, Bio spawn. Yeah, plague blood spawn. They all got such interesting names. Um, and it has range twelve, assault seven. So just just seven shots. Um, strength seven minus three, two damage. Plague weapon auto hits. Yeah, I so really is... like I really like that relic. But the rest of it isn't setting me on fire. Yeah. So the rest of this. So the relic, the normal weapon that they have. The, bonus, the benefit of this relic is instead of being D6 shots, it's flat 7. Flat 7. So one so better than your best possible. It's much better than the regular shot or gun that he has because it's reliably always better than what you can yeah. maximize out at. What do you think of him? Is there, is there much play there? It seems like it's a very hard skewed army that you're going to build. So the biggest play that you have there is if you're running 15 Death Shroud because <laughs> <Okay>. when you <laughs> <laughs> when you um, you know get them to drop down next to Lord of Valence, that is going to have probably um, Arshan Terminator, and then he has his own aura that increases AP on plague weapons. Ooh. You just start re-rolling all these strength three guns that are probably hitting something that's minus one toughness, mm. and it just at two damage a piece. Yeah, auto, are ridiculous auto hitting, re-rolling to wound. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so are they range 12 now on the gauntlets and all those things are range 12? They are. Are they so they're range 12 okay. and there's a, yeah. a way you can increase it to 18. That's actually pretty sauce. Like, that's actually not, not terrible, is it? Um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be unhappy if that was your, if you were, you know, panted up the Mortarian Chosen Sons and they was your, ba they were your babe and you got this. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. I think Mortarian Chosen Sons, you are bringing at least 15 Death Shroud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. But anyway, of those, I think um, we pretty much touched. It's pretty pretty clear to see which ones are the best. I, I didn't, hadn't heard many, many people talk about the Inexorable, but as soon as you broke it down, I do think they might be my favorite simply because of the jank factor. They are the them. most aggressive, or sorry, mm -hmm. they, they are the most damaging out of all these. Yeah. It'll uh, just take an army and flip it over with just bolters. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous how much damage they can put out. I do think there's a couple that are, are worth tossing up as well. I do quite like the Wretched. Um, and Mortarian's Anvil also have a ridiculous wall of trait, like ridiculous. So yeah. there is quite a few things that you have to really weigh up there, which is good. There's not there's not like an auto best one, which is like how Iron Hands was when it got launched. There's a, a couple you want oh, to toss definitely. up. Yeah, and they, yeah. All, they all build and feel a bit different. Um, we're going to take a, an ad break at this point, guys. So we're about halfway through what we're planning to do today. Um, we're going to take an ad break. See you back on the other side. No stress, no fuss. Talk soon. And we are back. Still got Don here. He's about to tell us about these lovely contagion abilities, which are they the um essentially the mono faction bonus for for Death Guard, yeah? They are. So um the one that everyone just gets so long as you are mono faction. Uh you do also have to have the contagions on Nurgle ability, which means that normally the Forge World stuff, aside from the Death Guard Great Applied Drones, will not get it. Yep. Is Nurgle's gift. And this affects everything that is not unaligned, and unaligned does not break mono faction. 
So Nurgle's Gift is every uh, enemy within Contagion range, which Contagions start at their turn base. Turn one is one inch. Turn two is three yep. inches. Turn uh, three is six inches. Turn four is nine inches. And turn five, it stays there. But as so long as an enemy unit is within Contagion range of the Nurgle's Gift, it is minus one toughness. Yikes. And mm. most of the time, that creates those breaking points where, like, Marines become T3, and a lot of things wound better yeah. against T3. Or, like, even uh, enemy Plaver Scrawler. It's T8, make it go down to T7, so even your Bolter's winning on fives now. It's yep. a big breaking point on a lot of things. What's crazy is that this, once again, has no caveats. It has no t- Ts and Cs. It, it works on vehicles, it works on super heavies, it works on flyers and HQs. Hell, it works on aircraft. Like, it's actually crazy good. Oh, it is, it is super good. I don't see why you would soup with Death Guard now, because this ability will make your Death Guard's damage skyrocket. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think we can, we can probably talk about soup in part two of next week's episode, because I think there's a lot to break down there, the pros and cons. But right now, I'm with you. I'm like, I'm not seeing why you'd want to give this up. Because do you lose, you just lose Nurgle's Gift, yeah? You don't lose all Contagion abilities? Correct. So you just lose Nurgle's Gift. Um, the Contagion abilities are um, part of their data sheet. It's just yeah, you exactly. gain this this Contagion ability if you are monofaction. Mm. Which is it is the best Contagion ability that they have available to them. It is easily the best and easily one of the strongest single debuffs, um, army-wide debuffs in the game. Like nothing, like army-wide neg one to hit, I don't think is as bad as army-wide t- uh, minus one toughness. Just because uh, neg one to hit, you can't go past neg one. And there's a lot of abilities that negate that or a lot of people have better ballista skill now. But yep. uh, yeah, dude, that's very, very powerful. Yeah, and then like neg one to hit makes it so that you don't hurt your opponent as bad. Neg one yes. on you makes your army die. <laughs> Just die. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to jump down to the Warlord traits. Uh, first one, some of these are very, some of these are actually just carbon copies from the last one, but we'll jump through them and the ones that are exactly the same we won't touch on for as long. Revolting Resilient. Each time this Warlord would lose a wound, roll a d6 on a 5 plus, that wound is not lost. Pretty self explanatory and pretty damn good, right? It is. And uh, I'm sure most people know this by now, but that is one of Mortarian's Warlord traits that he must mm. take. What he must take, yeah. Oh, oh no, he must take four traits. Woe is us. All right, what's the next one? All right, so Living Plague, which is also one Mortarian must take, is while an enemy unit was within three inches of this warlord, that enemy unit cannot be affected by any aura abilities, excluding those of psychic powers, from your opponent's army. Ridiculously good. Yep, so if you get close to that warlord, Expect that unit to just not benefit from things. Just not do things. And this is kind of Mortarian's equivalent of what the Silent King does. Like, if, you, if you're going to toss up and, and put those two kind of Primarchy-level centerpiece models together, it, Silent King has the aura of you fight last, and, and Morty has an aura of um, you can't use any of your good stuff against me, which I think is really apt for Death Guard as well. Definitely. Uh, Hulking Physique is our next one. Add one to the wounds characteristic of this warlord. Each time an attack is made against this warlord and a modified root roll of one to three for that attack always fails, irrespective of blah, 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 everything. So trans- perma-transhuman and plus one wound. Very good. Very, very, very good on a lot of different things. But naturally, you'd want this on something with who isn't already super tough. And I hate to tell yeah. you, you got the wrong book for looking for stuff that's, that's super tough that's going to get a lot of mileage out of this, but it's still going to be good. Yes. Uh, so let me have Arch Contaminator, which is the third world of trait that Mortarian must take. Um, it did receive a slight nerf from where it was before. So now it is, while well, friendly play company, core units are within six inches of this warlord. And just to have a caveat there, 
So plate companies are each of those attachments and their bonuses. Mortarian replaces any instance of plate company for these roller traits with death guard. So he affects everything with oh, this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but all melee weapons with a plate weapon um, keyword, or I guess rule, uh, reroll to wound. Just as long as that enemy, that uh, friendly unit is within six inches of this warlord. Yeah. And then each time a model in that unit, the friendly unit, makes a range attack of the plague weapon, so long as it's within 12 inches of its target, you can reroll the wound. So I do also oh, like this okay. because it changed it to feel more Death Guardy. Because before, yeah. when you had Arch Contaminator, it was normally sitting in the back with all mm. like Rich Crawler or something like that. And it didn't really feel Death Guardy. Like you, you weren't going forward, you were just bombing yeah. things far away. But uh, yeah, it's it's really really good, and you're you're gonna want to get close to this army now. Mm, I agree. Does. Yeah, I, I do. I think they become like the the close for like the the trench fighting specialists. Uh, I think that was one of their their old strats. I think it's tra- strat from now trench fighting. Um, and it's funny that this is kind of their deal that they're they're close up and nasty. Because um, what what Arch Contaminator was, I feel like is something that is more associated with like Iron Warriors bombarding people from range. Um, and I feel like, yeah, up, up close and personal is very much the Death Guard way of doing things. Next one, Rotten Constitution. Add one to the toughness characteristic of this Warlord. Each time attack uh, with an armor penetration characteristic of one, negative one or negative two is allocated to the Warlord, the attack has a, an armor penetration characteristic of zero instead. I think when we get to the relics, this coupled with a certain relic um, is going to be very, very good. Because um, there's a, yeah, and plus one toughness on something like a Demon Prince, taking it from toughness six to toughness seven, actually makes a huge difference for its um, survivability. In the current meta, um, definitely. And yeah, ignoring much... AP one and two, current meta likes oh. AP one and two. Uh, Necrons yes. are a little funny, but all those space marines, most of the sisters, it's all sitting on AP one and two. And most of your stuff that you can put this on has a four pinball save or a five pinball save. So it's exactly. not like it's not like it's getting pushed too much higher. Well, I was about to say, a lot of people aren't going crazy with their AP, the AP of their weapons because they're of the opinion that most of the time your opponent's best models are going to have a four plus or a five plus inbound. So AP two. There's usually the best bracket you can get to in a lot of the time. But this one is just like, ah, oh, if you're teched into that, sorry, too bad. I'm still going to roll my 3 plus, 2 plus, whatever it may be. Yep. Uh, what's and the last one? Foul Affluence. It's uh, another aura. So this one is when an enemy unit is within 6 inches of this warlord at the end of the movement phase, roll d6 on a 4 plus, that unit suffers one mortal wound. So this does add more to the just pulsating of mortal wounds. I don't think you're ever going to see it because all the other stuff is... Just that much better. Yeah, I agree. I think this is this is easily the weakest of the ones we've read out. Um, things like uh, Living Plague, re- uh, Resulting Resilient, and Arch Contaminator are just like probably don't leave home without them. And then the rest of them are just good bonuses, good hearty bonuses, single character buffs. But yeah, it, was that a good summation? Oh, definitely. Mm. All right, jumping down, you want to start off, start us off with the Contagion Discipline. All right, so the Contagion Discipline. Everyone knows and loves Miasma Pestilence. It has it's, been unchanged. It it's is literally still, unchanged. Yeah. Is uh, war charge value 6, target a friendly Death Guard unit within 18 inches of the Psyker. And until the start of your next Psychic phase, subtract one from any attacks, hit roll that targets it. Lovely. I would have been really happy to see this change to only range, but um, it doesn't matter. It's a mainstay. It's been it's been untouched since the Index, since like yeah. the Death, Comp- Death Guard Index. So I wasn't expecting it to go anywhere. Next one is Gift of Contagion Malediction. 
Warp charge value of 5. If mana vested, select one enemy unit within 18 of this psyche until the start of your next psychic phase. Subtract one from the strength characteristic of models in that unit. If the psychic test is worth an 8+, plus, subtract one from the strength and the attacks of models in that unit instead. Quite, I quite like it because you're going to have this minus one. You're already going to have a minus one toughness already. Yeah? And so, well, assuming. Yeah, so minus one strength as well. Pretty cool, really. Yeah, so one of the things you can think of is assuming that you are a mono faction, you will definitely have the minus one toughness on them too, because if they're using strength and attacks, that's fight phase stuff, they're going to be in engagement range. So it's yeah. like all that stuff stacked together, it feels very nerdly in the fact that it's just making your opponent weaker for getting closer to you. Agreed. Um, and and then I, people... Sorry, go oh, I do also like how uh, they start doing this. You cast a thing, and if you roll higher, it does more. I like it as well. I like it a lot as well. And it pairs well with... So this pairs actually really well with the, the Wretched, doesn't it? Because they get plus one to cast and they can re-roll one of them as well. So a lot of these things that have these spiky bonuses, um, which is a few more that we're going to read out, um, do yeah. get more mileage the, the deeper you can go into the psychic phase. Um, what's the next one, dude? So the next one we have is Plague Wind. And this one I do think is not great right now, but it will become greater as more new codexes come out. It is uh, War Charge of 6. If manifested, select one enemy unit within 18 inches that is visible to the Psyker. Roll 1d6 for each enemy model in that unit. For each roll of a 6, that unit suffers one mortal wound. If the result on the Psyker test is a 9 or higher, that unit suffers one mortal wound for each 5 plus instead. Yeah, I can see what you're talking about because like hordes are just not a thing right now. But as soon as they are, this thing just explodes in, poten in potential, right? Yes. So I, I mean, like on average, if you roll a 9 plus, 10 dudes in a 30-man squad die. Yeah, you could just kill. Yeah, and where where else can you just deal ten mortal wounds like that from one psychic power? Like you can't really get that anywhere else, can you? Not not. Yeah, like nothing. Like a <laughs> bit, like like a a, a a um a Magnus smite maybe, or a a supercasted vortex of doom from a, a gray knight or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, this is just a nine to get that to get that superpower as well, which I think is quite low for the the amount of ability it has. Putrescent vitality is the next one. Um, warp charge value of seven. If mana and face to one friendly Death Guard infantry unit within 18 of this Psyker until the start of your next Psyche phase, add one to their strength and their toughness until for, to every model in that unit. That's very good. That's a very yep. good, very good spell. All right. Yeah, Just especially when you start looking at, you know, uh, Blight Lords with their plus two strength axe. So they become mm. strength seven. They're wounding T8 on force because T8 drops yeah. to T7. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nuts what you can do with here. But especially with the toughness, it's another break point where you go from T5 mm. to T6. Strength three starts when you on sixes at that point, so you become super yeah. durable. Well, exactly right. You said you, you, you keep mentioning this word breakpoint, um, and you spot on. It's you're just stretching the breakpoints, and I think it's really, really good, man. Um, just for the just a plus one toughness would have been good enough. Maybe not as a seven, maybe as a six to cast, but as, for a seven plus one strength and toughness, whew, you're like it's uh, you're just gonna take it. I think. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, next up, we have Crystal Leper. This one, it became easier to cast. It used to be War Charge 7. Now it's War Charge yep. 6. And its range increased from 14 inches, because Nurgle is 7, to 18 inches. So War Charge 6, 18 inches. Um, slice, the, uh, near, sorry, slice the closest enemy unit within 18 inches and visible to the Psyker. Roll 76. For each dice roll that exceeds the target's toughness characteristic, it suffers a mortal wound. And keep in mind, now it's not just Mortarian, but your entire army. That reduces toughness on things. Toughness, yes. So you just roll up to somebody, you make them uh, toughness three to two, you know, opp opposition nerglings, you know, toughness two to one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, crazy. It's actually really cool. 
um, how it works in with the rest of the army. I think that's, that's a quite potent. Um, last one is Gift of Plagues. Uh, warp Charge value 6. If manifest is like one friendly Death Guard unit from within 18 of the Psyker to the start of your next Psyche phase, add 6 to the range of Contagion abilities that unit has. That feels really good. This, in my opinion, is the best Psyche power that we have. By Tell a large why. degree. So, a lot of the Contagion stuff, it's turn-dependent, and the faster you can speed this up, this effectively knocks you up two turns. And it yeah. goes beyond the turn cap of nine inches. So, on turn one, you have a seven-inch bubble instead of a yeah. one-inch bubble. On uh, turn two, you have a nine-inch bubble instead of a three-inch bubble. On turn three, you're maxed at 12 inches. It's it It's so easy to just go, this unit over here gets this, which also includes all those Plague Company Willow traits, which, you know, whether it's hmm. you can't re-roll or plus one AP or, you know, all those other things. It's ridiculous what you can do with that one I- and it's only one charge of six, so it's fairly easy to get off. Yeah, being a six, I actually, I actually love it. I, I, that and Miasma are like the the bordering auto techs here with like Protestant Vitality and Gift of Contagion. Well, sorry, Protestant Vitality is close to auto tech as well, right? Protestant Vitality is interesting because, like I said, uh, T six is a breakpoint for T, mm. uh, strength three, but there's not a whole lot of strength three that you need to worry about right now because like sisters most of the time are using bolters or even yeah. Raiders. Um, like space marines or space marines necrons are strength five or yeah. uh four for the most part and it's, yes it's probably not that common i think cursed leper is one of the ones you'll see as like a third pick That's because fair. of how many you can just reduce toughness and just go i'm roll seven dice space marines on average take three to four mortal wounds yeah it's nice couple that with a smite and yeah you, you're actually doing quite a bit of damage yeah yeah i'm a fan all right tell us what de- deadly pathogens are all right so deadly pathogens they are effectively mastercrafted weapons that are not um, relics. Yep. The, so you apply these things so long as you have a Death Guard detachment to any Death Guard character models or Bubonic Astartes models with a champion keyword, which is a sergeant. And whenever you apply one of these deadly pathogens to that model, you pick a weapon. That it has that has a plague weapon keyword, and it gets immediately plus one strength, which is amazing because most of them are strength six, strength seven, mm. like yeah. in that area. So it bumps up to you know strength eight or strength seven, and especially with the minus one toughness, it it's a whole lot of the breaking points again. It's really really strong. But uh, yeah, then um, the only thing is you can only have one of each of these deadly pathogens per army, and like I said, they're kind of like relics, but they do not block you from getting relics. Like it's it's a weird thing. They cannot be applied to relics, though. Yeah, I like that they can't be applied to relics. Personally, I feel like it could get out of out of control. But at the same time, these are quite expensive um, points wise because you do pay points for these. Like this is the thing that you pay points for in the Death Guard code. It's the customization. Yeah, this is like your uh, Cryptek buffs. This is like mm. your um, what is it? Masters of the Chapter buffs. Yeah, it's funny that Space Marines got like the Master of the Chapter one, where you just get a character and they just the the whole package of the character just gets better. Um, and then all the other ones have been nowhere near as good as that. Uh, I feel like these are very good. These are some of the best. These are some of the better ones. But they're still, I don't feel like they're anywhere near as good as like 15 points for a, a super chaplain, 15 points for a super apothecary. Um, but yeah, t- tell us a little bit more. Tell us about the first one as well. All right. So um, a lot of these are fairly expensive. They're, they're in between 10 to 20 points. So the first one is Acidic Malady. 
which is a 20-point thing that just flat-out increases the AP of the weapon by one. And a lot of these weapons are already AP 1, 2, or 3. Mm, Most of them so are this, AP like, 1 and 3. You put that on a Man Reaper, and the Man Reaper would go to Strength 8 uh, or be strength uh, plus two, essentially, on a sweep profile, negative two, which is actually uh, um, almost a break point in and of itself. Even it when wounding we see hordes come back, yeah? Yeah, you're wounding Marines on twos at that point. Yeah, ex- exactly. Wounding Marines on twos with neg two, it's actually crazy good. I uh, love it. Um, but, that, yeah. but that, yeah, we'll talk about the points when we, like the points uh, and where we maybe they should be later. But the next one is Virulent Fever. Each time an attack is made with this weapon and a modified rude roll of six inflicts one mortal wound to the target in addition to any normal damage. That one is also 20 points. So what do you th- what do you think about that one? So that one is by far my favorite. And mm. I will almost always put that on a uh, Death Shroud champion. Why? And what so, are the numbers it puts up? Like what, what's so enticing? A Death Shroud champion has five attacks. Yep. Five attacks nice. is the same Jeez. as all of our characters. Yep. And what this does is it fixes the breaking point where... The, the overhead attack, which is probably what you won't, won't use very often with this, is strength 8, AP 3, 2 damage, more wounds on 6s. But then you have the sweep attack, which is 2 swings per uh, yeah. attack. We have 10 attacks that are hitting on 2s, probably rolling 1s, mm-hmm. and wounding on, like Space Marines, they're wounding on 2s, re-rolling 1s innately, because they are just themselves. Yeah. And every unmodified wound roll of 6 inflicts a mortal wound on top of it. It's just man reaper, are man reapers plague weapons? Yes. So you could stack uh, with ask contaminant. Is it every roll all or just failed? Because you could fish for sixes, right? If you're just winning on twos anyway, you're just like, well, they're winning on twos anyway. I'll just re-roll everything and try and fish for sixes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, uh, yeah, just re-roll the wound roll with arch contaminator. So you could definitely do that if you want to. That's really, that's actually really potent because if you if you if you roll ten dice because let's say they will hit, uh, you're likely to get two sixes, and then if you re-roll all of them again. Um, you're likely to get like one, maybe even two more, like four mortal wounds. And then in a, in addition, having like eight to nine saves to take pretty crazy from one dude. That's not a, you know, a special character or a, like a, a tooled up captain equivalent. Yeah. And to give you an idea that one model is probably going to be 75 points with this because he's 50. Yep. That uh, pathogen is another 20 you add on to him. And then you are almost always going to take the extra plagues per gauntlet for him, which is five. Oh, so we can take two. Yeah. Yeah, he takes two because he gets the one for free. The additional one yep. is five extra points. So he's he's literally just like a character now. He's literally better than he's a lot of other characters. Durable, durable unit is what he is. He's got like he's got like ten ablative wounds, depending on how big the squad is. Sorry, six or six to yeah, whatever ablative wounds. Interesting. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? All right. Uh, so I'm going to jump up to that early one. Uh, explosive outbreak. So this one is each time an attack roll with the weapon rolls a hit roll. Uh, with an unmodified hit roll of a six, one additional hit is made. This is not cumulative with a toolkeeper, which is one of the relics. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that one could also be really good, even with you know the Dust Shroud champion as well. Yeah, for this and for the same reasons, like you could, well, if you, if you like you said, like you said before, just take a casual fifteen Dust Shroud. You could just double up, have one champ with this, one champ with Virulent Fever, and yeah, apologies, I missed this one. I was scrolled down too far looking at the points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you like this one? Do you rate it? Uh, so this is probably the second out of the two that I like because, I mean, like, you go back to the Death Shroud Champion, he could potentially, if you roll all sixes, um, he could definitely uh, just, hit with just 20, 20 attacks. 
20 attacks, you know, <laughs> just 20 attacks for reasons. I mean, it's not, you're never going to get 20 attacks, you know, one, one in, a mil- in a million, you're going to get 20 attacks, but you could get 12, 13, 14. It's nothing to worry about. Nothing to sneeze out there. Yep. Fair enough. How many points was that one? So that one's also 20. So those Jeez. three are three of the big ones. Mm. All right. Next one. Befouling runoff. Each time an attack is made with this weapon, the target did not receive the benefits of cover to that against that attack. So what? Are, so I mean, I mean, foul, foul Blightspawn is the obvious choice there, right? Uh, he's one of them. Uh, the, there, there's another one in here that you probably take over that. But yeah, it is it is a good one. I mean, it's, it's better than not having it. I should say it's not one of the ones I would rate terribly high. Mm. Oh, it's it's the cheapest. It's a ten. It's only ten points, and it's it's clear to see why because it's not that good. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so fortunately, you'd be able to ignore heavy cover, but there's not a whole lot of that because normally yeah. heavy cover is where I I consider anything with heavy cover to be actually very very scary because mm-hmm. Death Guard normally don't have a crazy amount of AP with their close combat. And, I mean, Death Shroud do, but yeah. most Death Guard units with all their plague weapons and whatnot normally start balancing on Marines that are in heavy cover. They they have a mm. bit of an issue getting through that. Yeah, not fair. Makes makes sense, dude. What's the next one? So the next one we have is unstable sickness. Uh, this is another fun one. So each time a attack is made with this weapon, if any enemy models were destroyed as a result of, as a result of that attack, roll one d six for each one that you know died. That unit's mo- uh, sorry. That model's unit suffers one mortal wound to a maximum of three mortal wounds per turn. This bear cannot be selected for befouled incubate stratagem, which is one of the stratagems that we'll go over later. You know, I'll just go over it really quick. That stratagem is whenever um, a character attacks, if he kills a model yep. on a three plus, he does a mortal wound. So basically, you can't double dip into that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, what do you? How many points was this one? This one was uh, fifteen points. Yeah, look, it's it, it's not setting me on fire. What do you What do you think, dude? It, it's it's all right but it's competing for the other pathogens. And so granted, you could have all these pathogens. It's just, there are a lot of points if you bring a bunch of them. I think you only see zero to two in most mm-hmm. armies. Yeah, I agree. Um, next one is Corrosive Filth. So this one is 20 points. So it's another pricey one. Each time an attack is made with this weapon against a vehicle, you add one to the damage characteristic of that attack. Uh, like, if it's like yeah, but, I like what it does as well, but it's too specific. <laughs> yeah, if it was vehicle or monster, it'd be more palatable. But or if it was vehicle, monster, character, or character, or like just vehicle, kind of sucks for twenty yeah. points. I mean, it's twenty points that may literally do nothing in mm, some game. Agreed. Yeah, like play Tyranids, it does nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, play play most Tau armies, it does nothing. Yeah. Hmm. And then down to Vicious Death. This is the one that was previewed on uh, the Warhammer community site, which is probably the one that if you were to put a uh, deadly pathogen on a Foul Blight's bonus one, you would do. It is each time in a uh, roll, or sorry, each time you roll to determine the number of attacks made with this weapon, you can re-roll the result. Because no one likes rolling a one on D6 shots. (laughs) Yeah, not at all. Uh, This one's actually quite cheap as well. It's only 10 points, yeah? And I think that's the biggest reason why you will see this one on Foul Blight mm. Spawns. Because it is yep. so cheap, and it makes their uh, Strength 7 shooty go to Strength 8, which is, once more, a break point. Mm. Oh, true. I keep forgetting about the plus one Strength. Um, it actually, yeah, yeah, dude, absolutely right. Going to Strength 8 on that gun is uh, ferociously good. So, yeah, yeah. I, 
just for that reason, like uh, for 10 points, you're just going to be like, oh, I, I will take it just for the plus one strength for a couple of points, a couple more points. And yeah, justifiably, you're just going to take this one. But you're right. I think that this one and the, the first two ones we went through, um, oh, sorry, the, the exploding attacks and the, uh, the model wounds ones are the obvious standouts. But I just feel like 20 points is too much for upgrading a single champion with a single, like, yeah. Uh, it's mm, for 20 points. I wish these all of these were between 5 and 15 rather than all of them between 10 and 20. I think that if they were between 5 and 15, you definitely see a lot of them being taken all the time. This which, one feels like it's a, a conscious choice that you're making. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. It feels like it's a very big way up. I mean, because if you take the, if you take two or three of these, you, you could just be like, or I could just add another half to a unit of mine. Take, I could take two Plague Marines or, yeah, all sorts of other things. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like I feel like they're too expensive, but you're probably right. You, if you if you these were downgraded, you'd see them in all the time in every list. But but dude, like I get a super apothecary for 15 points. You get a better weapon for 20 points. Like it seems yep. bad. That 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 seems bad. Yeah. It, it's definitely an interesting thing where it changes. But um, I also do feel like a lot of our weapons that we put this on are actually fairly scary weapons too. Like that that one guy that can potentially swing 20 hits. Yeah, and potentially kill you know two thirds of a horde of orcs by himself. Mm. It's yeah, there's a lot to do with these guys, and mm. I mean like even the mortal wounds guy, you can potentially kill twenty orcs because of mortal wounds. It's just it's a lot of things you can do with those guys. Yeah, fair. All right, I'll, I will acquiesce to uh, your greater knowledge of how Death Guard work. Because, yeah, if you're just looking on, on face value, you could be like, oh, they didn't get enough there. But, yeah, if you break it down, maybe you're, you're right on the money. Anything more than that would just be overkill. All right, we will jump into the relics. Uh, first one is the Reaper of Glorious Entropy, which i got to say, awesome name. Uh, model equipped with a Man Reaper or Plague Reaper only. Um, the profile is Strength times 2 rather than plus 3. AP 3, uh, 3 damage. Plague Weapon... Uh, each time the attack is made with the weapon, a modified hit roll of six is one mortal wound on the target in addition to normal damage, and it's not minus one to hit. So there is quite a few buffs here, yeah? Yes. So yeah. it's a, it's a, essentially it's a, a thunder hammer without minus one to hit. Um, that's a plague weapon and does sixes, it does mortals on sixes. Yep. And I've seen a lot of people throwing this on their death route champions because once more, it is death route, the three wounds apiece. If you have a squad of five, there's a 15 wound character. <laughs> so yep. that's one of the reasons people do that. And, you know, it's, you know, strength times two, which is usually one strength higher than their man reaper is. It's AP yep. three, uh, which is, you know, one AP better than the thunder hammer. It's damage three, which is one damage higher than their man reaper does mm -hmm. on the overhead swing. It's not minus one to hit. And it does mortals on, on my five wound rolls to six. The only <sighs> downside is if you have this, it will remove your sweep attack because you don't yes. have that. Exactly right. So, are you saying that um, you can take this on a Deshroud uh, champion? Because I, I was just reading through the yes. the preface, um, and I couldn't see where it was said. Are you able to find it for us, just so people at home can so see it? It's one of the stratagems. It's the give a uh, champion or you know give a sergeant a relic, and it lists a certain number of them. This is one of the perfection. Ones perfection, there. easy done, mate. All right, I, I like it a lot. But follow up with the next one, man. All right, so next one we have is the Plague Skull of Glothila. It's uh, it's it's tongue twister, but <laughs> this is a situationally epic uh, relic, and it's not going to sound that way until you start thinking of all the ways you can apply it. So once for battle, at the end of your move phase, the bear can use this relic. If it does, select one enemy unit within six inches of the bear and roll seventy six. 
For each four to five, the unit suffers one mortal wound. For each six, the unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. This, it can potentially flop. Like, you know, yep. uh, half of the rolls will not do anything. It can also potentially do up to 21 mortal wounds if you roll all sixes all day. But of course. on average, uh, you know, pure, pure, pure math hammer is going to do four and a half mortal wounds. Where this becomes amazing is when you get the things that, you know, are like tans where they don't, uh, they don't uh, answer. I get you. The movement phase, take mortal wounds. Yeah, dude. Do, phase, do mortal wounds. You do shooting phase, do regular wounds. You do fight phase, more, more, or, you know, wounds in general. You just rip apart those units that are like, I have damage caps. And you're like, I will literally kill you if you get close to me. Dude, I actually, as soon as you said the Katan shot, I was like, geez, all right, yep, he's, he's under something. Um, I think that is uh, pretty cool, the fact that the, you can just plug that in as a tech piece. Uh, I'm not saying you're probably not going to take it all the time, are you? But when you need it, you're going to be happy it's there. I mean, it's a, it's a good one CP is what it is. That's the way you need to think about it is it's one CP that you can mm. toss on one of your Fedivarian guys that will, on one turn, use an advance roll, run up, and go, take mortals. I've done my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, technically, you roll four ups on the seven dice, but you don't even have to hit with this before it happens. It's just picking it within six. Doesn't matter if they're character protected, doesn't matter if they have bodyguards, doesn't matter anything like that. You pick a unit and can just murder a character. You can yeah. murder element with this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. Um, it's re- just really cool. It goes off in the in the movement phase, which I think is is the biggest strength. All right, next one. Demon's Toll. Noxious Blightbringer model only. Once per battle at the start of your opponent's movement phase, the bear can use this relic. If it does, select one enemy unit within six until the end of that phase. Each time that unit is selected to fall back, roll a d6 on the two plus. They cannot fall back and must remain stationary. Wow, I think that's pretty good. Uh, once per game, good. <laughs> Every turn would be ridiculous. Uh, but that is it's quite potent, man. Yeah. So every Death Hair player is super salty about this because this went from being the one relic that everyone would always take in the War of the Spider. Because yep. before it was uh, friendly Death Guard units within uh, seven inches, gain a five of Bimble save. Oof, super okay, good. yeah. Yeah, that is really good. And now it's uh, extremely situational in application. And once per game is the rough part. Yeah, but but game winning. It, it could be, but most of the time. So what has to happen here is you need to get within six inches of a unit, get one of your units in combat with that unit, not kill enough of that unit, and not have them leadership and fall back. Because also Noxious Lightbringer, I'm just going to break into one of its aura abilities. It also subtracts one from your attrition tests. Oh. So you can pull yourself out of that range really yeah. easily. Mm. So it's 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 only six inches. It's really really hard to make that actually work. When it does work, it'll be amazing. Yeah. But I don't think you will t- see this relic very often. No, nah, when you break it down, yeah, the the more you start talking about it, yeah, the worse it looks. Because if you just look at it on paper, like, oh, cool, once per game at like the bottom of you know the top of turn four or whatever, I can just make this guy not fall back, which means he doesn't get to shoot me. I get to kill him and like leapfrog into his lines. But that's not a thing that Death Guard do very often. They don't. They don't like. They're not bl- like blood angels that used to always charge and wrap something. You couldn't shoot them, and then they break out, move twelve inches, charge, and win the game. Um, yeah, it's much more a much more plotting advance, which yeah doesn't get the best use out of the the slingshot you'll probably get um, from staying in combat with somebody. 
But, you know, I mean, I get, if, like if you're playing against me and my guardsmen um, and I got demolisher cannons like bearing down on your Terminator, you're just going to be like, nah, bro, we're going to stay in combat this turn. <laughs> this guardsman, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not falling back now because that Vengeance for Kadia really blows. Uh, it so, yeah, it, it, there, are, there are times when you're just really going to need it. But I, I get what you're saying. The, the more you look at it and the more layers you go into it, the, the, it doesn't hold up. Yep. So then we get on to probably the most, the, not even probably, this is the relic that everyone will always take all the time. Because it is amazing, so long as you bring any of the Varian. Uh, so this is just straight up, add three inches to the range of bears or abilities to maximum of 12. This is the uh, Fugaris Helm, yeah? Yes. So, yeah, it's wow. the thing that you're going to see. So, the common thing you're going to see now is if you do not take Martarian, you will see a Plague Surgeon with Fugaris mm-hmm. Helm and Arch Contaminator. Yeah. Because Arch Contaminator <sighs> is an aura ability. Yeah. So it's just you're gonna have that guy just like oh, I'm hanging out in the middle of these guys. Mm. You get feel pain. You get <laughs> everyone yeah. re-roll the things. That's a lot of value from that lad, isn't it? It is. Damn, yeah, actually that that's really good. That is really good. And I agree. I think that's that's the best one I've read out so far. Putrid uh Peritat. Peritat? Um Periapt. Periapt. Uh malignant playcaster or terminal sorcerer model only. The bear knows one additional psychic power from any discipline it has access to. And once per battle, after successfully manifesting a psychic power, the bear can gain regain D3 lost wounds. I like the, the D3 lost wounds because you essentially patch yourself up from a like a perils. Yeah. Um because I know a lot of the time people will take a first perils and then be super, super cagey cautious about using their um caster thereafter, like the after the first perils that only pass the super go for the super necessary roles um but this one you just feel like, ah, perils ah, healed it back up ah, we're still going business as usual and with the wretched he has a bunch of powers doesn't he yeah so if you had the wretched guy you gave him the stratagem to give him the extra thing in the rerolls mm. this one will give him a fourth power um, yeah and then you just fine on top of that so he technically has five he'd still only cast two but he'll have a lot of powers that he can access I agree. I think it's it's pretty sauce. I think this is this is obviously an auto take for the wretched, but for everybody else, it's just kind of nice if you go on that way. But I don't think it's going to be crazy um, prevalent. Yeah, if it was like once per phase that you got D three wounds back, you'd see it. <laughs> It'd be broken. This guy would be tanking for your army. <laughs> oh yeah, especially because he goes on Terminator Sorcerer. He'd be a, a super tanky guy. Yeah, it'd be so good. <laughs> catching bullets for catching lads cannons for the boys. Uh, all yeah. right, what's next? All right, so we have the Tollkeeper. This is another one that you're going to see extremely commonly. Uh, I'm just going to go over what it used to do because it changed significantly from what it used to do. So what it used to do was it was a 7-inch bubble of friendly Death Guard units. Uh, well, it was their own play company at the time. It's no longer play company locked, but friendly Death Guard units within 7. Every time they rolled a 6 to hit, it would hit again in the fight phase. Now it is a uh, Teleman only. The bear has the following ability. Tollkeeper, Aura. While an, a friendly play company core unit is within six inches of the bear, each time a model in that unit makes a range attack, unmodified hit rolls of six score one additional hit. So it went from melee to range. Shooting. Mm. So your bolters become crazy. Your blight launchers become crazy. Uh, does not work on auto hit weapons because you don't roll a hit. Yep. But um, yeah, it's there are quite a few weapons. I even like Reaper auto cannons, things like that. Yeah that you have access to. It's not going to be any of the really, really crazy things like Plague Mortars or Multi-Meltas mm-hmm. or yeah. things like that. I mean, and, you can and, melt the guns if you want to outfit your Plague Marines that way. But Yeah, it's. I think. do you think it was better or worse in the previous incarnation? So, 
I think this one's better overall because you're always going to be able to shoot. You yeah, will, as opposed to, I mean, just in general, melee attacks, you generally have like two or three turns where it works. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're probably you shooting know, for five. Range, you're probably shooting for all five, especially because yeah. you always have to be stationary if you move. Mm. Yeah, I think this is pretty good. I think I actually quite like it a lot. I think, yeah, you're right. So far, this is Fugaris's helmet that's seeming like the obvious, obvious power. Um, jump over to revolting stench fats <laughs> uh just some teenagers manky trainers um foul blights for model only the bear has the following ability uh revenge revolting stench aura while enemy unit was in six of the bearer that unit cannot make use of any rules that allow it to fight first and never counts as having made a charge move this turn irrespective of any abilities that unit may have wow okay that's really good but are you able to, to break that down for the listeners um so uh, one of the common things that people know about is like uh, Slanesh things that always fight first. Mm, Empress children. children yeah. First. yeah. Or there's some character world of traits that you can do that also do always fight first. But this will effectively turn that off so they become normal units. And it's really funny how they have it worded here because that unit never counts as having made a charge move this turn. It turns off Shock Assault. It does. It does. It's, <laughs> so it's actually really good. Now granted, if you charge them, they still get Shock Assault because they did not charge. If yeah. they broke me, they still get shock assault. But if they charge and they are within range of this, you turn off shock assault or any abilities that give an extra attack on like the charge or anything like that. Um, this is also, I think that if you're taking this, you'll probably be taking um, the ferryman because this is going to be one of the variants or abilities, and you're going to add six inches to it. So you're going to have a basically a core to the table that you don't yeah. get charged. Yeah, I I think it's very powerful, um, and this is kind of giving back because I, I mean when we get to it we'll talk about the um uh, the Blightspawn and how its aura ability has changed, but this is giving it back something of that that got changed on it, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I, th- I think it, I think it's very potent. Um, so add add that to the three of the ones you might be seeing often. Uh, what's the next one, mate? So the next one is the superating plate. This one has also undergone a big change. The part that did not change is it gives your bearer a two plus save. So you're going to see this on Demon Princess, you're going to see this on Tallyman and Ermal. Tallyman if you're not running the Tollkeeper. But you'll definitely see it on Demon Princess. And where it changes, it used to be that every time you made a successful save with a Demon Prince, or you know, it's yep. only ever taken this before, but every time you made a successful save with this model, on a 4+, plus, you reflected the wound back. Now it is uh, significantly diminished. You don't kill units off by just existing anymore. It is each time an enemy unit fights after it makes its attacks. If the bearer lost any wounds as a result of any of those attacks, roll a d6 on a 2+, plus, the unit suffers one mortal wound. So you can take yeah. like 7 damage, mm. and you roll once, and on a 2+, plus, they take one mortal wound. It exactly. Is, so it is significantly diminished. It's still good, but what you do is you combo that with Rotten Constitution on like mm-hmm. a Demon Prince. Yeah, man. And your Demon Prince goes to a 2 of armor save, T7, ignoring AP 1 and 2, and minus, I, I one, and minus 1 damage, and like yeah. my Azuring himself, and it's just, wow. I kid you not, I've played both with and against it, he is harder to kill the Mortarian. Just Whoop. flat out is, because he can hide. Like, yeah. he, he is the thing that will walk around, picking up squads every time that he hits a charge. And, like, you have to have multi-melters to, to kill this guy. Like, plasma guns won't do it. They're one damage. He's still going to get a decent save. Um, I just think 
are you packing multi melters? Nah, well, this guy's free to roam, <laughs> to roam the lands and do as he pleases. Because yeah, terrifying, terrifyingly durable. Yeah, like even God's Reapers, AP nothing. Oh it's, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy what you can do. Yuck. All right, last one. Plague bringer model equipped with a bell sword, demonic plague blade, or plague knife, or power sword. Um, it is strength plus two, minus three, two damage. A plague weapon, each time a model is destroyed as a result of this attack with this weapon, that model counts as two models destroyed for the purposes of morale that turn. Um, not crazy about it. This is another one of those ones I could see as... So, keep in mind, extra, or, you know, free relics that you give to like your uh, champions do not count per part of the free re- or extra relics stratagem. Oh, okay. They are their own separate stratagem. And where you'll probably see this is on like a Blightlord Terminator. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because that is one of the other relics that they can take. So how many? T- they got five attacks as well. Or they got four attacks. Uh, so Blightlord Champion is four attacks. Deathshot Champion is five. Five. Yeah. So still with four attacks at what strength six minus three two damage. It's pretty respectable. Yeah. So I think on average he's killing somewhere in the range of about four Marines. Yeah. Pretty four. <laughs> yeah. Wounds on twos. Uh, they got six up save. Bada bada bing bada boom. And then on top of that, he's he's much more likely to make them fail and then another one to die. So he's like for every like two he kills, and they'll be at uh negative five to their leadership. Or negative oh, yeah, six, six to the next to so yeah, no negative four to their leadership. Sorry, I'm getting it wrong. Um and so yeah, they got a essentially a two thirds chance of you killing a, a third one. And he's he's likely to kill three. Yes. So yeah, he's likely to kill four simply because he's one one's probably gonna die to morale. That's that makes it kind of good when you think about it on those terms. Yep, I mean attrition is a thing. It, yeah, it works really well in Necrons especially, but uh, yeah, attrition is definitely a thing. Hmm. Well, dude, that brings us to the end of what we're going to be recording today. We're, we're about to we're poised to to leap headlong into these what four pages of stratagems, um, and then we've got the the secondaries to go after that. We're going to leave that to our part two. But mate, of 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 what we've read so far, um, there's some obvious obvious power here. Most of it. Um, leaning towards explosive melee abilities and resiliently enhancing or debuffing abilities. Yeah, there's not much that's making your... It's not much that's making um, your shooting more better better than like anybody else's, but there is there is still some stuff there. But most of the most of the stuff you're doing that seems to be special, seems to be different, seems to be, yeah, durability increasing. But most more important than anything else is the debuffs, the actual crazy layering of debuffs, right? Yes. Yeah, you're, um, it definitely feels like how the army should have felt, which is yeah. it's going to be close-range firefights and getting stuck in with you know shanking guys in the trenches, that kind of stuff. It's, yeah. It is going to be nuts. If you do not have any guns, you're probably going to lose the Death Guard. So bring guns. Mm, I'm, I'm of the opinion, uh, the way I'm, yeah, yeah, guns all the way. Guns all the way and then some explosive counter-assault just when you need to dig some, like, like you because that, that's the, rea- the reality is once as soon as we get through a lot more of the unit choices, you're going to be like, wow, there's a lot of the times the issue is going to be, um, oh, sorry, I, sh- I should go this from a different level. Um, a lot of people have talked about ninth edition. Um, you, you should want to kill somebody off an objective and then exist there yourself. But with Death Guard, that's a detriment. <laughs> that's it's counterintuitive to do that because you're getting close to the the bastards and the, the closer you get to the bastards the more they hurt you the more they debuff you and the worse you are as a, as a unit and so it's just this really kind of interesting dichotomy i'm, I'm excited to see where it, where it pans out but for the people at home like what do you, what are a couple of your go-tos like let's say you're picking the inexorable um what are, what's a couple of hq choices you think uh, go best in that so i really really like the lord of valence 
and mm-hmm. primarily because of what he's equipped with. Um, so the uh, twin plague spear that he has, it's a twin heavy flamer that yep. has a plague over the keyboard, and that has a whole lot of interactions in the stratagems and what he's able to do. So that's just really good. He's a power fist. He's still a lord. He's durable as hell, and he just he's just a good 120 point HQ. Uh, then of course, because of the uh, infernal jealousy, you must either take a malignant plague caster or a sorcerer. And I really like malignant plague casters. So there's their ability to just accidentally go, oh, oops, you take a mortal wound. Oh, oops, you take another mortal wound. I don't even cast mortal wound powers. You just take mortal wounds. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Um. That fair, 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 fair. Uh, that, that sounds yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I like that build. Um, all right. So, on that note, we will sign off for uh, today's episode. Please tune in next weekend. We're going to be recording uh, another part of this. We're going to be recording the rest of it. So that's all the stratagems and all the unit options, all the things that have changed on the actual data sheets as well. So please tune back into that. And the part two of that one, I'll be answering and, and putting a bunch of uh, listener questions and patron questions to Don regarding this book. And also probably having a, a list or two for review um, for me and Don to go through um, line by line and give our thoughts on. But Don, dude, thank you so much for your big, big brain, my man. You've been an absolute pleasure so far. And yeah, anything you'd like to say or plug on the way out? Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me on. I uh, I do appreciate it greatly. Um, you can normally find me on. Well, let's see. I uh, I help write some articles for Goonhammer, normally the chaos stuff. Yeah. I also have a kind of blog on uh, Facebook called uh, the Mastodon Hoosen. <laughs> you can normally find me. I, I post a lot in the Death Guard group, which currently is a little bit of a salt mine. Mm. Um, a little bit of a salt mine is probably a undersell on it. It is a very <laughs> angry place to be right now. And I don't know why the book is so good. Like it's just, it's strong, but people are, yeah, it's, it's funny. Mm. Um, and then I am occasionally on a nice podcast like this one. So uh, you can probably find me somewhere. And if you have any questions, just send me a message on Facebook. I normally am pretty good about responding. Yeah, he's uh, Don is abs- is is one of the most approachable, uh, I guess, faction specialists I've ever found. Some people are very they they harbor their faction knowledge like a, a dragon with their mounds on their mounds of treasure. Uh, but Don is absolutely as approachable as hell. Hit him up if you're at all interested in anything he does. But dude, thank you so much. I'll say good night. We'll say good night at this point. We'll pick it up next week. Hope you guys have enjoyed that um, sesh through little little half taster of the death guard coast we'll finish it up next week but dude thank you so much have a great night enjoy the time with your daughter and uh yeah i'll see you next week mate all right catch you later thank you for listening to art of war down under a content review podcast for warhammer 40k Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.